Hey friend, tens of thousands of people receive hope through their headphones each week by listening to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. But we know as well as most people that healing doesn't happen simply by listening to inspiring stories. In fact, you have to engage in deeper relational community with like-minded people who are also struggling through the journey. And you have to apply the practical tools and truths that you're learning from those who have gone before you. I mean, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 7. He said, those who listen to my words and put them into practice will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The storms will come, but the, but the house won't fall. It's information plus application that leads to transformation, which is why we've created the Nothing is Wasted Community Plus platform, an ecosystem of content that you can consume through the power of targeted community. Never again will you have to say that no one understands what you're going through because through Community Plus, we're bringing you both the people who quote unquote get it and the content that will help you journey through it. For just $20 a month or $200 a year with your Community Plus membership, you'll receive access to our extensive library of bonus content, including bonus podcast episodes and on-demand mini courses, access to all of our curated pathways in their entirety, on-demand replay access to all exclusive events, masterclasses, live coaching, webinars, immediate access to the Position for Redemption mini course, which is normally $97, discounts on all Nothing Is Wasted products, events, and coaching. And if you choose the annual plan, you get two months for free. Now, here's the deal. What's even better is that since Nothing Is Wasted Ministries is a nonprofit organization, Community Plus membership is tax deductible. That's right. We'll send you a statement at the end of the year and you can report that on your taxes. I believe Community Plus will be such a helpful tool for you in your pain-to-purpose journey that I want to give you a seven-day trial for free by signing up today at nothingiswasted.com slash community plus. If you're ready to partner with God to take back your story, get the resources you need to help along the way. Through encouragement and practical steps, the Community Plus platform is what you are looking for in navigating your pain-to-purpose journey. Go to nothingiswasted.com slash community plus and sign up now. and Join others who are finding hope and healing. Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, where we believe that no matter what you've gone through in life, God is inviting you to partner with Him to take back your story. On this podcast, we have inspiring conversations with people who are doing just that. And now, your hosts, Davey Blackburn and Aubrey Sampson. Hello, welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. My name is Davey Blackburn. I am one of your hosts, and today I want to do something a little different as we are in this in-between week after Christmas, before you, before New Year's. And so I wanted to spend some time today talking about walking into a new year after loss. You know, that moment when the, the calendar flips over after trauma or loss or tragedy. Um, and and how, do we, how do we approach a new season, a new year, a new moment in time after pain has come into our life. You know, many of you who are listening to this, you're watching this on YouTube, you've experienced a new loss or, or a new trauma or trauma is from your past has emerged in a new way just this past year. And you're about to enter a new year. And there's, there's something that can happen inside of us when we're facing this change in the year. Um, you know, you know how to enter a new year. It, I mean, like it, it can feel uh, on normal occasions, like an exciting time, like you're 
anticipating something. You've got some goals, some ambitions, some excitement on the horizon. But when you enter a new year after an extra painful loss, it can be very difficult to know how to approach that. Um, it can feel like you're leaving something or, or someone behind in the past year. And, um, and I know it can be hard to try to enter that new year with the same kind of optimism or hope that you, you may have once had when, uh, when it came to the new flip of the calendar. So I, I just wanted to take, take some time to talk through what, what do we do here? What do we do when we feel like we're crossing the threshold of time and yet so much of our lives have shifted and what is being left behind? You know, um, the first year after I lost um, my late wife, Amanda, uh, I remember the first new year pretty vividly. I lost her in November of 2015. And so the first several months, I just felt like I was in a complete fog. Um, I remember December especially I felt like I was in a very deep, dark place. And as the, you know, losing my wife on November 10th and then going straight into Thanksgiving and then Christmas, it was extremely difficult. And, um, part of me just wanted to kind of shut the entire world out, not do any kind of holiday thing whatsoever. And yet I had my son too, 15 months old that I was, you know, you want to keep the holidays alive for, for your kids. And so it was just a very difficult place to be in. But, uh, you know, I'll never forget having to deal with some of that holiday side of things, what would normally be such an exciting time to flip over the new year. See, I'm, a, I'm usually a pretty goal-oriented, accomplishment-oriented person. I'm an Enneagram 3, if you know what that looks like. And then I'm a, I'm a wing 4. So I am a high achiever, but I'm also a reflector. So I reflect back and I think thoughtfully and introspectively about things. And so the new year has always been one of those times for me where it's been, I'm going to look back and and assess and really reflect deeply and be thoughtful about how I look forward. And my life had been completely turned upside down. So now I, even the dreams that I had or like the, the stuff that I wanted to, even the desire to dream, it had been completely um, shot. I mean, I just, I did not want to move into the next year whatsoever. Um, and I couldn't imagine going into January, February, March, April, spring, summer, all that, you know, fall. Couldn't imagine going into all that without my wife. And so it was just a very difficult time. And I know for many of you guys, it is, it, 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 this is a very difficult, difficult season. You know, there's a there's a tension that exists between our future and our past, uh, between hope and pain, and and so many of us are are trying to hold these two opposing things together simultaneously. And honestly, the truth is that's what grieving is is all about, and that's what healing is. It isn't the pain of our past losses being completely erased. You know, it's not like we forget about these things. No. That that doesn't happen on that doesn't happen on this side of heaven. We we're never for, this will always the stuff you're walking through will always mark you. You will always remember it. But but the truth is, and and the the thing that we have to wrap our hearts around is is to learn to allow those two things to be true at once. To allow joy and sorrow to both be true at once. To allow hope and pain to both be true at once. We have to remember how to look back and look forward all at the same time. 
You see, we tend to be binary thinkers. Uh, we we make everything all this or all that, but that's not that's not how healing works, right? That that isn't how the process of moving forward from pain into purpose works. So part of what we need to learn to do is this seemingly monumental points in our healing journey. They look like um, when a new year comes and we're entering a a span into time without that person who was so dear to us or without that dream that we once held on to or without that marriage that we worked so hard to heal and to fix. We've got to learn to hold two truths together simultaneously. And this can be difficult because it creates a cognitive dissonance in us. It, it feels like we're being pulled. It feels like we're stepping into um, wanting to enjoy being around people for the holidays, but not being able to. I spoke with someone recently who experienced a loss and, and this person said, I can't even go be with my kids during the holidays because I want to be with my kids, but it, it constantly reminds me of what I've lost. And so I'm just feel so depressed the whole time. So it feels like it'd be easier not to be around them. And yet at the same time, I can't not be around them. I want to be around them and it would feel depressing to not be around them. So it, you see, there's just, I mean, you know, this, this, it's not something that you're not experiencing. There's a, this major dilemma that we experience very problematic. And so how, how can I look forward in hope towards healing when I look back and I can see how much I've lost or what's not in my life right now? And, and I don't even know if I want to move forward with, with what I don't have now. But this is what healing is, guys. Both of these things can be true at once, and we have to honor the power of, as we talk about in the Pain of Purpose course, the power of and. That you can feel a deep sense of loss and a sense of hope and a sense of forward thinking. Um, I, I'm believing that there is more healing to come in this next year for you. And, and I see how much how much I'm, you know, every single year I have to look and go, okay, there's so much that I've left behind, so much that I've lost. And yet every new year for me now, eight years into my loss, every new year for me brings something new that helps to revive me, helps to restore me, helps to heal me. See, I love this verse in Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. It says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Now, God's not telling his people to uh, to forget everything that they've gone through or, or to forget their losses, okay? Like, first of all, he knows our minds don't work like that. Second of all, I don't, I don't think God would, um, would really uh, be a proponent of that. I think it's important for us to remember that. In fact, how many times he tells his, the, the people of Israel, remember, 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 but what he's saying is don't live with the rearview mirror in our forefront, right? He's, he's telling them, um, what he's telling them is the, the ways in which he delivered the Israel, the, the, his people out of Egypt and out of captivity will, will pale in comparison to his glorious plan for redemption that he set before them. You know, Scripture says this, uh, this light and momentary affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory that outweighs the former. And so although we're, we've experienced this deep, dark pain, and it feels so heavy, it, it, compared to what we're going to experience, the glory we're going to experience in heaven, 
it, it's not heavy at all. It's light and it's momentary. And so we can, when we don't feel that, we can set our hopes, set our eyes, fix, fix our eyes on that reality and know that we can still look forward, that there are good days to come. We're not always going to feel this way. And that's, that's true for us too. So God's not saying, forget everything that you've experienced, forget all your past. No, he's saying, Hey, listen, I want you to remember how I've brought you through those things. And remember, for that reason, I want you to remember how I'm going to bring you through that. Don't forget that I'm going to bring you through these things. You see, um, it's really interesting. The word truth in the Greek is aletha. And what that means, it actually means to stop forgetting. So when we remind ourselves of the truth, we stop forgetting the falsehoods, right? We like, so we, so we actually, we, we stop forgetting. I'm sorry. We, we stop forgetting, not the falsehood. We f- stop forgetting the, the ways that God's been faithful in our lives. You know, the, so it's so easy for us to forget the ways that God's been faithful in our lives. And so we end up believing falsehoods, but, but to truth, to sink our, our hearts and our minds into the truth is to Aletha is to stop forgetting God's faithfulness. And to remember that he's going to continue to be faithful for us in the future. And and, and that's that's going to be true for us. We might not experience God's redemption plan for us right away or even, listen, or even fully in this life. But what what he's saying to us, each one of us, is to look ahead because there is healing and hope beyond what you have known. Hello, friends. My name is Amy Sylvester, and I am the community director here at Nothing is Wasted. It is our prayer that these stories of hope have been a gift in ministering to your heart this past year. I don't know what you're walking through, but I know whatever it is, hearing how God is showing up in the lives of other people gives us strength to continue to move forward and the healing in our own lives. We are grateful that we get to partner with God in this redemptive work He is doing through Nothing Is Wasted, including sharing stories just like this one here on the podcast. And we want to invite you to do the same as this year comes to a close. If you've been blessed by the ministry of Nothing Is Wasted, we'd love for you to consider partnering with us as we partner with God and making a donation before the end of this year. Nothing is Wasted is a nonprofit, and your gift and donation is tax deductible. Your donation will allow us to continue to create the many resources we offer, including the free resources like the podcast and specific curated pathways that guide you to hope and healing based on your pain story. We have other lifelines that we create for you like masterclasses, and we do this because people partner with us in their donations. To give, simply go to nothingiswasted.com slash donate, and you can partner with us in helping people take back their stories and move from pain to purpose. You help us help the mom who just lost a child, the marriage that needs healing, or the person who just got the diagnosis. Your gift helps us create the resource that they need to move from pain to purpose. Thank you for being part of the Nothing Is Wasted community. We could not do what we do here without your support of this ministry. Thank you, friends. Early on in 2016, so the first, probably first quarter, first six months of 2016 was when 
God began to turn the page for me or turn a chapter for me and help to bring me through the valley of the shadow of death and, and then out of the deep, dark pain of, of the loss that I've experienced. And it, this didn't happen overnight. It wasn't like one moment, one fell swoop. It wasn't, it was, um, it was lots of little things of waking up in the morning and spending time in his word and meeting with him and getting awake before anybody else was awake. So it was just me and God. And, 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 and those were the times that it was sometimes the darkest. It was the most painful. It was the times that fostered lament for me, um, where I really wept. But it's also the times where God met me. And I began to see just glimmers of hope come into, into my life. You know, the first real time that I began to see some hope flood back into my life was April of 2016 when I took a trip to Israel and something about that shifted me. It shifted my perspective, walking in the steps of Jesus, realizing and experiencing and understanding a little bit more fully the suffering of Jesus, the suffering of God's people, how he has always taken what the enemy has meant for evil and turned it around for good throughout all of history, how the Bible is laced with that. You know, that's why I wrote the 42-day devotional, the Pain to Purpose 42-day devotional, was to show us there's, there's all these men and women of faith who have walked through excruciatingly difficult things and yet the, the same thread is true through all of it, and that's God's redemptive plan for each of their lives. If that's true for their life in, the, in, in Scripture and true for other followers of Jesus throughout history, it's true for me as well. And, and, but it was, it was right after the turn of the new year for me that that began to happen. And what we can begin to see is rhythms of nature. You know, right now it feels very dark and it's still and it's cold and it's, you know, it can just feel like this season even really it really highlights or enhances the loss that we've experienced. It's like it there's no warmth, there's no hope. And so as the year turned over for me in 2016, as spring began to shine through and begin to break some of the cold, and then the light began to break some of the darkness, even in the weather patterns, God used that in my life to begin to show me that he's got a redemptive plan for my life. And I know that he's got a redemptive plan for yours as well. But you, you, you and I just have to keep getting up every single day and keep going. You know, the very first year, 2016, I did not have any New Year's resolutions save one. Normally, I make this huge list. Here's all the things I want to improve, things I want to do. The one year's New Year's resolution that I made in 2016, right after losing my wife, was make your bed. Get up and make your bed. That's it. Because I knew that if I if I could just get out of bed, that's a lot. I didn't want to get out of bed. I wanted to stay there. I wanted to I wanted to just really wallow, and um, and and and, and just kind of throw myself a, a pity party, which is very. I mean, listen, it's very. It was very justifiable, but I knew that if I could get out of bed and make my bed, then it would start the day. It would be less likely that I would get back into bed, and that God would have an opportunity to meet me in that day. And so uh, strip everything away this, the beginning of this year. Don't try to do all of these things or, you know, don't try to just make it very simple and foster environments, foster spaces where God can meet with you because that's where he will begin to whisper to your heart the redemption plan, the story that he's writing with your life. Okay, so let, let's, let's dive into that a little bit. What are, what are some practical ways that we can approach this new year with our with our pain, um, what, 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 what can we do? Well, first, here's what I want you to, what I want you to do. I want you to honor and recognize the pain. Okay. I've heard it said that you can't heal what you don't feel. 
And I believe that is absolutely true. When we try to ignore the pain, when we push it down, we try to bypass it, suppress it. When we try to use uh, maladaptive coping mechanisms to skirt around it, it will inevitably find its way out of us, whether that is through physical manifestations or, you know, really um, like illnesses or maladies, symptoms in our body or in emotional reactivity. You know, it comes out sideways, as my counselor said. So the first step is to just speak it, to, to honor it, just acknowledge the pain. Maybe that means writing it down. Maybe that, whatever that means, you've got to acknowledge it. Welcome the grief, welcome the pain, get alone, maybe journal if that's helpful, and just recognize how you feel about a new year coming. What, what you feel like you have lost, what you're afraid of with a new year, what you want to let go of, what, what you want to, what, what, what do you want to come with you? You know, maybe physically some of you need to unpack some boxes and sort through some of the things of, you know, your, your late loved one, what they've, what they've left behind, you know, whatever it is, whatever kind of exercise you need to do, you've got to begin to go, okay, what do I want to let go of? What, what's going to come with me in this next season? And be honest. If it feels too heavy and it feels too hard to do it alone, bring in a trusted counselor or a friend and just spend time noticing what you're feeling. I mean, you've got, God's going to move. He's going to speak to you in the space. So you have to slow down in this season. You can't just try to like cruise your way through this and, you know, get a stiff upper lip and pull yourself up by your bootstraps. That's not going to work here. So um, that's what I would say. That's the first thing, acknowledge it. Now, if you've done any sort of counseling, you'll start to find that oftentimes great counselors don't fix and solve your emotions. They sell, they just simply help you identify and articulate them. And just by doing that, just by saying what is true for you in the moment when it comes to your feelings, it can it can really help heal them. It can take away some of the intensity of of the emotions you're feeling because, because they aren't trying as hard to get your attention when you ignore or, or avoid them. You know, when you're ignoring them, they just keep screaming louder and louder. I don't know. I don't know why it works like that, but it does. And it really can bog you down. But if you stop and acknowledge and give it some attention, then all of a sudden it loses its power. You know, if you begin to label it, you begin to say what it is, maybe use one of those feelings wheel In the pain and purpose course. We teach you how to do this. We also released a mini course called When Everything Changes, and that's for those of you guys who have found yourself in fresh grief. You can go to the store. You can access that right right here, nothingiswasted.com, or a link right here, and, and that will help to walk with you and kind of guide you in steps on how to begin to give attention to your emotions. But once you've done that, once you've spent some time paying attention to how you're feeling as you begin a new year, take some time to lament. And we talk about lament a lot around here. In fact, my co-host, Aubrey Sampson, she wrote a book called The Louder Song. We'll put a link right here in, in the show notes on lament. It teaches you how to lament. And that lament is the biblical model for dealing with pain. Okay, God gave us a model for how we're supposed to deal with pain. Jesus did not pull the wool over our eyes. He didn't, he didn't pull any punches. He said, listen, in this world, you'll experience trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. And, and then he's given us pathways for how we're supposed to ex- deal with the trouble that we experience. We see it all throughout scripture. But, but what this is, is this is turning to God. This is turning to God rather than away from God. It's telling him the truth of what we're feeling and experiencing, because let's face it, <laughs> he already knows we're not like hiding anything from him. Um, and, and then it's asking him the hard questions. Uh, he's not afraid of those hard questions, but then it's choosing to trust him in the process 
and in the unfinished parts of our story. There are going to be some questions that you ask that you may not get the answer for for a long time. It may feel like God is silent. You may never get the answer for those. But the, the, the question you will hear back is, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Lament is this powerful invitation from the Lord for us to to be real, to be honest, to experience his tender care and compassion in our pain. You You know, he cares for you. He loves you. He has compassion. Compassion means to suffer with. Jesus demonstrated this when he came to earth He subjected himself to the human experience and then walked through the greatest suffering any of us can imagine. He chose to suffer with us. There is no other religious figure out there that either one who actually lived or one who is kind of a legend, it doesn't matter. No one else did that. No one entered incarnationally into our pain, took the punishment of our pain on himself and then raised from the dead to demonstrate his power over pain. No one. Jesus. Only Jesus. And he's got compassion for your pain. So once we've identified what we're feeling, what we've got to do, talk about that honestly to the Lord. It's so important. He understands. He understands more than anybody else can understand what you're going through. See, part of my lament journey was reading the journals of my late wife. Um, Amanda left behind tons of journals. She journaled all the time about how, and it was stuff, you know, she was, she would talk, talk things out with the Lord. She actually showed me how to like talk things out, ask God really difficult questions in her journals. Ironically, it helped me to begin asking really difficult questions. I was inspired by her faith in the midst of, you know, difficult challenges that she was facing and, and feelings that she was having. And man, I'll never forget especially like right around Christmas, New Year's, just sitting down and reading some of her journals in front of a a fire and just weeping, just weeping. But it was so good for me. It was cathartic. It was lament. And, And her journals actually ushered me in, taught me how to lament and ushered me into... Um, being able to experience that kind of healing. God met me in that. And I know he's going to meet you in that as well. As you let those emotions come, don't be afraid to let, maybe even if you got to get by yourself, which I would recommend some of like, I don't like to cry around other people, but now I do, but I, I do cry around other people. I don't like to, but you maybe, maybe you just need to get alone and just get alone with God and let all of that just come out of you. Now, once you've had the opportunity to pour out your pain to God and by the way, the Psalms can be a great guide to help us do that. Then take some time to think about what you want to see in this new year. I know this is going to be difficult, okay? But where would you like to see healing? Acknowledge that. Maybe acknowledge and, and, and identify, articulate, write down what are some particular areas of healing that you want to see? Um, and, and what would healing look like for you? Now, I'm not... I, this, I don't, I don't want to sound hokey or anything, but there is something powerful about actually writing, you know, the same way there's something powerful about writing goals down. There's something powerful about writing your prayers down. It doesn't mean that now you can strong arm God or back him into a corner because you wrote it down, but it does mean that it gives that we put more attention to it. We continue to ask God for it, look for it. We look for the miracle. It helps us to orient ourselves toward what God is doing in our life. That's not a guarantee that it's going to that, that, that's going to come or come true the exact way that you imagine or hope for. But considering how you'd like to heal, 
um, what you'd like to see in the new year is a, it's a way to train your mind and your heart that there's something beyond what you're feeling and experiencing right now. It actually acknowledges like, okay, there is something else. And that's part of, it will begin to help pull you up out of this, um, this, this, this deep, uh, pattern or, or vortex of despair that you might be feeling right now. So imagine, I want to give you permission to imagine, um, Take some time maybe to like formally put some of those dreams to death, the old dreams, to lament those things, and then ask God to awaken new dreams in you and, um, and, 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 and do so. Just talk to God about those dreams. Maybe write them down, revisit what you wrote next year at this time, and, and see if God's shown you healing in ways that you wanted and in ways that you didn't expect. Hi, friend. I know these stories on the podcast are so encouraging to hear as you listen to others who have walked through unimaginable pain and and found hope in it, and they've walked through it. But I also know that how to move forward can be the question that so many of you guys who are listening to this or watching this on YouTube, you're asking that question currently as you're walking through the valley. I know when I think about my own journey after losing my wife, Amanda, I wish that I'd had something practical, a guide to walk me through the pain and the process of healing which is why we created the Pain to Purpose course. The Pain to Purpose course is truly a guide to help you remove the debris of crisis in your life and move forward with a renewed sense of victory and purpose. Hundreds have taken the course and found so much hope and healing in their own story. But I want you to listen to what Jera had to say about how the course helped her find her way out of anxiety and depression. I came in in a very low spot in my life. Um, I had, I was walking through depression. I was walking through a lot of anxiety. Um, that led me to some really poor decisions in my life that um, got me to the place where I thought I was no longer worthy to be used by God. In the course, I learned a lot of practical tips when I'm feeling unworthy or when I'm really low. First, I learned how to label all those feelings, and then I learned to say, no, this biblical truth is that God loves me, that I am purposeful, that He put me here for a reason, and I had to put that before my unworthiness that I was feeling. So if you're ready to take the next step in healing from whatever hurt you've walked through and want help in how to identify your pain and how to move forward, sign up now for the Pain to Purpose course by going to course.nothingiswasted.com. Again, that's course.nothingiswasted.com. There, there were times where, where I just had to tune myself into what, okay, God, where are you working right now? What could you be doing? Uh, in fact, I remember preaching a sermon long before. It was actually when we were first starting the church. So it was years before Amanda passed away. But I preached a sermon where it was like, when you, it, when you face different obstacles in life, you could look at it you know, through optimistic lens, like a half, glass half full, or, or you could look at it through pessimistic lens, glass glass, you know, half empty. And, and I borrowed an old cliche, you know, that it's not our, it's not our aptitude that determines our altitude in life. It's our, it's our attitude that determines our altitude. And that sounds really great until you go through something just awful and horrific and upending like what we did with, um, with losing Amanda. But, but what that did help me in is that in that sermon, I said, as you begin to look at what God's doing in your day and what is happening in your life, you put your God goggles on. It sounds really cheesy, I know, but you put your God goggles on and you go, oh, this looks like something God 
would be doing, or this looks like something God would be up to, or like this looks like something God's doing something behind the scenes with. Like when you know that God is doing something, you've seen it throughout scripture, you've seen it in your own life, seen it throughout history, and you're like, oh, these are the kinds of situations that God uses. You can go, you can put your God goggles on and go, oh, this this looks like something God would do. He must be up to something. And that's what I want to encourage you to, to look at. Okay, so finally, we already talked about acknowledging and attending to our pain. We talked about lamenting. We talked about dreaming a little bit. The last thing I want you to do is I want you to think about agency. Okay, there is a lot of things that are out of our control right now. There's a lot of things that we can't change or fix, no matter how hard we try. But there is a lot still within our control, even if it seems like everything's going out of our control. Okay. And I want to help you to be able to determine and see the things that are in your control because that actually helps us to heal when we do something about the things that are in our control. There's there's a lot that we can do um, something about whether, okay, whether it's taking care of our physical bodies so that we can feel better physically while we're healing emotionally. Okay. That's one of the, that's a huge one, huge one. In fact, one of the reasons I loved CrossFit um, after I lost Amanda's because it was teaching me new things with my body. In fact, if you read the book, The Body Keeps the Score, uh, Basil, Basil Vanderkolk, it's an incredible book about how your body stores trauma. He talks exhaustively about how important certain types of physical activity is to release trauma in your body. Specifically, he talks about running because of the bilateral movements that running um, fosters, you know, right, left, right, left. It helps to rewire your brain. He talks about yoga because of the meditation um, I would encourage you as a believer to meditate on scripture, meditate on God's word. Yoga is not a hokey thing. If you don't make it that, if you don't have to go in the whole new age. You can just meditate on God's word. What a beautiful thing to just stretch and meditate on God's word and breathe, breathe breath prayers, you know? Um, but then the other thing you said is high intensity interval training, which is CrossFit. And those three types of working out really help to release trauma or create a somatic release in your body. And it's, amazing what can happen when, when you begin to learn new kinds of ways that you can control your body, body movement type stuff like yoga or CrossFit or other types of body movement things. And you begin to regain a sense of agency. It's very, very helpful. And so maybe you need to kind of set a rhythm to do that and watch what God does as, as he's restoring your body while he's healing you emotionally. I promise you'll end up experiencing some uh, somatic releases as you do that. And it will help to heal Emotionally, God meets you there. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's making an appointment with a counselor. Um, maybe you need to, maybe you need to uh, tap into some of our resources. That nothing is wasted. Maybe you start taking the pain to purpose course, um, or become a community plus member and start going through some of the master classes that we have there. Some of the mini courses that we have there. Maybe you need to start talking with a pastor. Um, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but there are certain things that you can do, and I want you. I want to encourage you. Figure out what can I do still? Now, I don't mean that to like work, try to work your way out of this pain. You know, there's a couple of different ways that people approach pain. They either wallow or they work. Those are the two ditches that you can kind of fall into as you wallow or you overwork. I want to encourage you to walk, but walking means there's agency. You put one step in front of the other. You ask God, what do you have for me right now? And now I'm going to, I'm going to take that step and I'm going to go there and I'm going to do, I'm going to do that one thing. And as you take that step, Things open up. I mean, think about the children of Israel crossing the Jordan River. As they stepped into the water, then the water parted. 
And that's the same thing that happens when it comes to following after Jesus in the midst of pain. We, we say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to take the step you've called me to take. And then he begins to open up new levels of healing, new levels of understanding, new levels of discernment and direction. And so listen, in summary, there are things that we can do no matter how out of control our lives are feeling. So I want you to spend some time and reflect on what you do have control over this coming year. There's a lot that you don't have control over, but there are a lot of choices that you can make in terms of your healing journey. And then, so, you know, ask, what's the next right thing to, we talk about this a lot, nothing is wasted. What's the next right thing? And then just do that next right thing. Maybe you can, um, you can find some supportive community. That's one thing that you can choose to do is find some supportive community. It's imperative. We talk about this all the time at the nothing or at, at, in the pain to purpose course. It's imperative to have safe biblical community that you're walking this th- walking this thing out with. And so you can make that choice. You you can make this choice. You can choose to trust God even though life feels so uncertain. That is one thing that someone can't steal from you is your decision to choose to trust God. You can choose to take care of your physical body. You can you can have agency. That's the point is you can have agency. All right. Even if it feels like that agency is more limited right now because of the pain that you that you have endured. Um it, here's the deal, friend. I know this change in this calendar can feel so much bigger, so much more significant than it has in years prior. And uh, I know it can feel like you're you're stepping over a threshold in time and you're leaving something significant behind. Like maybe maybe it feels like you're leaving the person that you love behind or just parts of yourself that are forever changed now because of the pain. I know it can stir up all sorts of feelings in us and I want you to know that you're not alone in those feelings. You're not alone in feeling like your world has just been completely shifted or upended. Now, the enemy would love to get you to think that you're alone. One of his greatest temptations and one of his greatest ploys is to get us isolated to make us think that we're alone. That's why we developed the Nothing Is Wasted community. So you could have conversations with people all over the world who are going through the exact same thing you're going through. They're experiencing the same kinds of pain points that you're experiencing. And then you're going to find even more people who they're not going through the same thing that you're going through, but they can understand because they're going through something themselves. That nothing is wasted. Community is a wonderful community where you can interact with other people and you can have conversations with them and, and ask advice and find out best practices and get encouragement. It's just incredible. Nothingiswasted.com slash community. I want to highly encourage you to tap into that. Now listen, one of the passages in scripture that I think it truly encapsulates this journey of faith, but most importantly, faith in the midst of the valley of suffering and in the midst of difficult seasons of life is Psalm 23. It's my perhaps one of my favorite passages. It's single-handedly the passage that helped me as I was walking through and trying to navigate out of the valley um, and, and really just following the Lord through the healing that he wanted me to go through. And so as we end today, what I want to do is I want to pray Psalm 23 over you. I want it to be a reminder to you as um, as you step into this new year of how God operates in our valleys. And uh, I want it to be a source of comfort and hope. You know, As the pages of the calendar flip over and a new year begins, I want you to understand your story is not done. 
Your pain is not without purpose. Okay. And nothing, I mean, nothing is wasted in the hands of a God who loves you and who is in the business of redemption. So let me read and pray Psalm 23 over you. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Friend, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this special edition of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Whether you're watching this, whether you're listening to this, I want to encourage you to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe right here on YouTube if you're watching this. I also want to encourage you to download Sleeping at Last music. You can find his music anywhere. Music can be downloaded or streamed. Thank you so much, Sleeping at Last, for providing all the music for the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. I also want to encourage you to follow us on Instagram. Engage with us there. Nothing Is Wasted Ministries. You can follow at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries. Follow me at Davy Blackburn. You can follow Aubrey at Obsamp. And I want to highly encourage you to not let another day of 2024 go by without engaging with the resources that we have at nothingiswasted.com. If you go to nothingiswasted.com and the store there, you can find everything. You can find the 42-day devotional, other books, Aubrey, Ken Roberts, their books are there. You can find courses that we've developed, such as the Pain to Purpose course or many courses like When Everything Changes. You can find master classes and you can find um, small group. You can get connected with one of our certified coaches. I mean, so many of you, listen, your best next step would be to get connected with one of our certified coaches and nothing is wasted. So I want to highly encourage you to do that. Nothingiswasted.com. And you can check out all of our resources that we have right there. Join me on our next five steps to taking back your story Zoom call. That's coming up here very soon. Five steps to taking back your story. You can find that at nothingiswasted.com slash start here and register for the next one of those. It's a live Zoom call where I will teach you five steps to taking back your story no matter what you've gone through. And uh, next week, we've got a great episode. So why don't you take a listen or watch this little clip from my conversation that I have next week on the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. That metaphor shifted for me, and I was like, wait, Jesus is called the wonderful counselor, the mediator between us and the arbiter, who is going to ultimately, right, as God is in perfect arbitration as the judge, is going to convict death and sin and shame and evil and all of those things fully and finally one day. And that will never be truly indicted and convicted and sentenced on this side of eternity. We're not going to experience— As you Uh said, Eric, the fullness of justice on this side of eternity. And we can't put our hope in that because it will always fail us. Any kind of man-made, manufactured justice system is going to fail us on Mm. some level. Mm. And, um, and, And so I just remember, like, I felt like it was almost Jesus going, Hey, son, look at me. I will see this through. 